you know that fresh produce is the best produce. That's why at Kroger, we invest in local farmers to bring you seasonal picks that taste fresh from the farm good, like sweet corn, refreshing watermelon, and juicy peaches. So whether you're a delivery lover, a picker-upper, or you shop in-store, your local produce always tastes 100% fresh, or you get a 100% refund guaranteed. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody, and welcome to In the Clinch, the MMA podcast on the Fight Game Media Network. I'm Paul Fontaine. Alongside me, as always, is Ryan Frederick. Ryan is uh, fresh off his trip to Austin. Uh, understand it was a long day for you. Um, I, I meant to ask you in the chat, and then I thought I might as well just ask you here. Um, is it like is it like super hot down there right now? Because it's it was we had a major heat wave up here. Oh yeah, it's in it's in the hundreds. I mean, uh, Friday and Saturday here, okay. here in Fort Worth, it's supposed to be high. It's supposed to be like one hundred and six. Yeah, yeah. And I just wow. Like, I wouldn't say I'm fresh. Off it was a hundred. It was a hundred here yesterday. Yeah. I wouldn't say I was, I'm fresh off my Austin trip. That that trip was kind of <laughs> like, like you know, fight fights and all that. All that stuff is fun. All this other stuff is fun. But you ever have like these hotel rooms that you stay in where like maybe like just the beds and the pillows just don't agree with you like like oh, yeah. in the room of yeah. yeah it was kind of one of those weekends where just just nothing about my room just kind of agreed with me kind of it was really rough sleeping so it was just i didn't get it that was the uh the room i stayed in when i got back from vegas and my wife made me leave and check into a hotel i i found like the cheapest place i could find because i didn't know how long i was going to be there and yeah it was i got what i paid for Oh, I mean, <laughs> I think it was like six, 60 bucks a night. And yeah. No, but I know like you probably paid a lot more, but I mean, you know, just, I'm just saying like, that was yeah. the last time I had a room like that. Yeah. Sometimes you just get these rooms where it just, you just can't get yeah. comfortable, comfortable in them. And it's for, for whatever reason. So, so I kind of had one of those yeah. couple, couple rough nights of sleep, but other than that, it was good. Well, at least you got a great show, and oh, yeah. uh, and we'll talk about that um, in a bit. Uh, one of the one of the better shows of the year, and we've said it a lot, but I mean, in this case, I don't know how anybody could watch that show and not say that. Uh, but um, first, uh, we got to talk about segment, and uh, we got to talk about, and this I think was announced on the broadcast. Um, I know I that's when I first heard it was was Saturday night. And and I mean, my first reaction is just because, you know, the guy's so young and everything that I figured, you know, there's no way this is going to stick. But it's the uh, retirement of uh, Zabit Magomed Shapirov. And this is a guy that people were calling. Whoops. People are calling a future champion. You know, there's that match with Yair Rodriguez that was, you know, kept getting postponed. And uh, and yeah, he retired. He's he's announced his retirement. So what's the story there? Yeah, uh, it's just uh, first of all, this you know, it's kind of I don't know that it was necessarily surprising. There's been rumor rumors and talk about the last couple of years about is he going to fight again? Is he not? They were trying to get him to fight. He had some health issues. He never said what they were. But I'm kind of guessing he probably, you know, given the nature of the world for the last couple of years, you know, who knows? He probably could have caught COVID and just had a long, hard, you know, case of it in recovery. Yeah. Recovery. And, you know, there was talks about he was getting back in the gym and, uh, you know, wanting to fight. And then he wasn't wanting to fight. Fight. And and now uh, he's 
going after uh, he's in training to become a doctor. So he just decided that, you know, what? it's just I'm going to do that. I'm going to walk away, walk away while I'm still relatively healthy, I guess. So. So, yeah, just kind of sudden retirement. He's going to probably go down as one of the biggest what ifs in uh, MMA history. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, yeah, he last fought November of 2019, uh, coincidentally enough, beating Calvin Qatar, who we just saw in the main event this week. And he was scheduled to fight in August 2020 against Yair, and uh, Rodriguez was injured and pulled out, or, you know, that fight might have even happened in 2020. So something happened between, you know, in the last two years, like you said, and uh, yeah, he's not going to fight again. Actually, and that was the second time that that fight had been postponed. It was in 2018 as well. It was supposed to happen, but... Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, I, I guess, uh, you know, all that stuff you mentioned and seem to be decent reasons why it might actually stick. I just think at 31, you know, it's hard to say that the guy's never going to fight again, but you know, we've seen that happen before. I remember, um, who was it? Um, oh man, the Canadian lightweight, um, was, was supposed to fight for the title and ended up getting injured and never fought again. Uh, well, TJ Brown, TJ Grant. Grant, Grant, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he he had like a, a major, major concussion, so that was kind of the reason. Okay, the reason why. Yeah, but I just remember like stuff like that, you know. Like, I mean, it happens, right? Um, and we just like you mentioned somebody that um, you know, Dan Hardy, right? Like seven years, and you know, he still every once in a while talks about fighting again, but he hasn't fought. Um, there was a guy that you mentioned that had been tested this year that had fought in like six years. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys, I mean, they, you know, they, they never actually in some cases retire, but in this case, you know, he's, he's announced that he's retiring. He's going to go become a doctor. I mean, good for him, I guess. Um, you know, if he can become a doctor, he's probably going to make more money in the long run. Um, and he's not gonna be getting punched in the face. So, um, yeah, I mean, he had a, he had a good career, but I guess nothing compared to what it could have been six and oh, in the UFC, uh, you know, three finishes, three decisions, pretty much the last five were all against like pretty tough competition. Um, so, you know, they had the, the Mike Santiago is, you know, not exactly a household name, but the, the rest of the fights were all against people, you know? So, uh, yeah, good luck to him and his, uh, future endeavors. And, uh, I don't know if you want to say anything else about Zabit. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was, I mean, I personally thought, and a lot of people was like, he was going to be Alexander Volkanovsky's toughest test. And like I said, it's just going to be just one of those what what if kind of situations because he was was definitely well on his way to becoming becoming the UFC featherweight champion for sure. Yeah, I mean, he would have had to have beaten Yair Rodriguez. And I mean, everybody was looking forward to that fight. I mean, that was one that, you know, like twice, like you said, they tried to make it. And uh, that would have been, you know, the hardcore fans dream, you know, headlining an ESPN show or something like that. It's just, just never got to see it. I'll just throw in. It's a shame we're not going to be able to see Abraham Lincoln fight anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, we, we maybe uh, cousin Umar will grow a beard. Um, so yeah, uh, that was uh, that, that's the beat. That was the big news of the week. Um, of course, we had that great show, and and we'll get into that in a bit. But uh, as uh, we've been doing for the last little while, we'll uh, we did. I, I watched Tough. I don't know if you did the Ultimate Fighter. I did. Yes. The uh, okay. So Brendan Heiderman and or Jordan, Jordan Heiderman, Heiderman and. Uh, 
yeah Ch- wasn't chandler cole chandler cole yeah Is the other guy yeah yeah so um I, so the big thing here was the first two rounds like you know dana white thought that it shouldn't have gone to a third i kind of was leaning that way too cole definitely won the first round second round heiderman was coming on at the end and i guess the judges thought he did enough to win it and they went to a third and then heiderman clearly won the third but I guess the question was whether or not you thought like that it looked for a couple times like Cole had him finished. And it, it, honestly, if he would have gone in for the finish, he might have got it. And then he just kind of let up a bit. And uh, and that allowed Heiderman to get back into the fight. And, uh, you know, by the third round, I think Cole was just gassed out. And, uh, you know, and they were both pretty big guys. Uh, Cole was you know, weighed in at 264 and a half. Heiderman was 247. So these aren't like light heavyweights uh, that are bulking up to hit heavyweight. These are, these are real heavyweights. And uh, I thought it was a good fight. Um, you know, clearly, you know, in the third, Cole won. So he wins the fight. Well, he, it actually got stopped a minute 14. Yeah, sure. third, yeah. But uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I don't know. Did you think uh, Cole had actually won the fight in the first two rounds? No, I thought I had it one, 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 one. And then okay. but, uh, I thought Cole had, plenty of opportunities to win and he just kind of let up and he let Heiderman back in the fight in yeah. the second round and then like I said they both gassed out and Heiderman finished them in the third I mean that yeah yeah that's how heavyweight fighting and this was heavyweight MMA goes often yep especially with younger guys um or younger in their career anyways um this was also the first week that I would say that Juliana Pena got on my nerves a little bit. I don't even know why. I just, you know, she was kind of annoying in the corner and screaming again, again, again. And I don't know. I, I mean, she's doing her job as a coach, but just kind of, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan. So we'll see if they play that up a little bit more over the next few weeks. But she's, uh, she's definitely uh, winning now. I think she's won five to two out of the, yeah. you know, we got one more fight left in the first round. So um, looks like, uh, you know, she's got a good chance of getting both champions um and then we got the final um flyweight fight coming up this week tomorrow i didn't even i don't even see what oh here we go hannah guy and brogan walker so um that's tomorrow uh as or today as we're recording so or today tomorrow today as you're listening tomorrow as we're recording um and that'll be the final uh flyweight fight and then we'll get into the semifinals and uh i guess the finals will be what's probably mid-july or maybe that july uh 9th or 16th show have they do you know which one no it's probably more more gonna be in august somewhere Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And just then based, Pena. Yeah. Just based on how these cards are, it's probably in August somewhere. Okay. And when is the Pena Nunez fight? Uh, July 30th. J- July? Yeah. July 30th. Okay. The Dallas one. Okay. Um, yeah. So that, that was that. Um, and uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. And we also had a PFL show on Friday. I did watch the main card. Um, it's pretty boring. Um, the The main event was okay. It was a bit of a you know a uh, bit of an upset. Alex Martinez upset Clay Collard, and Collard was the guy that last year had uh, beat uh, Jeremy Stevens in his uh, or earlier this year, I should yeah, say, earlier this year. in his debut. And he also also beat Anthony Pettis last year. So, but he uh, he missed the playoffs, lost a split decision, and he wasn't too happy about it. The rest of the fights were all went to a decision, all kind of boring. Jeremy Stevens uh, beat Miles Price, split decision. Olivier Aubin Mercier beat Roush Manfio. That fight was terrible. And Shoeface uh, beat Bruce Souto. Um, I 
I, I think I fell asleep in this one, woke up as they were reading the decision. I'm, you know, like this card did nothing for me. Prelims look like they might've been a little better. There's a few finishes, but I didn't, uh, we don't get them on TV here. So I, I, I suppose I could have gone. I don't even know if they air on fight pass. We don't have ESPN plus. So I, uh, I assume there was, there's no way to watch these in Canada, but, um, I think, yeah, I either have to watch them live or you don't watch them. So. But uh, did you uh, did you watch it? Do you have any thoughts? I, I saw a little bit of the main main card, but uh, but nothing of the prelims. It looked like the prelims were pretty good. You had you had uh, uh, what five out of the six fights fin- finished, and all the light heavyweight fights on the prelims at least had finishes. But yeah, the main card main card from what I watched looked boring, sounded boring. Jeremy Stevens had to shave himself completely clean to make weight. Just you know, just kind of one of those. Well, yeah, kind of one of those shows. So that, shows that where if you miss it, you miss anything, kind of thing. Here's something that I never even thought to look up until just now. Did you look at the um, the uh, the ratings for this? No, no. So it did three hundred three thousand viewers on ESPN, which is pretty terrible. But it but it was on at ten o'clock at night. Yeah, and it ran head to head with Rampage, and you know Rampage did a terrible number this week. Yeah, that's probably why. You know, I did. I, it never even occurred to me, but um, you know that. I mean, that's on ESPN, and uh, you know, and that's a big station and big competition. And you know, for fight fans now, Rampage started earlier, but they they actually finished ahead of them on the cable charts. Which, I mean, that's never going to happen again. Um, you know, I, I don't think. Um, I mean, but and this is with like, there's a lot of cross. What you can say. There's a lot of crossover between there is between AEW fans and MMA fans uh, far more than there is WWE and MMA fans these days. Like if this was a UFC show, like, like running against Rampage, I mean Rampage would have been killed. Yeah, um, and I mean it was killed anyways. I mean this is the you know those are the worst numbers Rampage has ever done. But it never even occurred to me that that's probably why I'm gonna have to go and post that in the Facebook thread because there's definitely got to be something there because that number was really low. And, uh, I mean, when you're that low already, like, you know, they, they usually do around four or four fifty. So if it siphoned off a hundred thousand viewers, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was the, uh, PFL and, uh, we got another show coming up this week. Uh, where's it airing? It's also on ESPN on Friday. Um, and this one, it's got Anthony Pettis on it. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> a main event is Bruno Capaloza and Matthias Scheffel. Um, Anthony Pettis is fighting Stevie Ray in the co-main. Uh, I mean, there's nothing else on this card. You got Chris uh, Wade and at- Chris Wade and Kyle Botniak, and then you have Henan Ferreira at heavyweight. That guy's that guy's awesome. So- I guess. I mean, I'm just saying in terms of name value. I mean. I guess Chris Wade has been around a while, but I mean, for me, like when I'm thinking of the big names, like, look, I get the Lance Palmer and Shaman Marias is on the prelims. Like, I don't know why they're not putting that on the main card. Like, you know, that to me, like that makes sense, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll watch and I'll let you guys know if it's any good. Uh, that Bruno Capelosa actually, it's, uh, if I recall correctly, that's the guy that had that really good fight. Yeah. That, uh, he had a really entertaining fight in his last fight against, uh, Stuart Austin. And I think one of his fights last year, 
might might be that Ante Dalija. Uh, I remember them having a yeah. The, the, it was a tournament champion. He's actually the defending champion, so that's why it's the main event probably. Um, he's defending heavyweight champion. So, uh, but yeah, Pettis and Ray. Pettis is. I think he's already in the playoffs, so this is kind of a doesn't really need this win, but hopefully maybe he's going to try to get the first seed. Uh, we'll see what happens. Well, but uh, yeah, yeah, we got featherweights. Yeah, he's gonna need a win from the looks looks of it, just to guarantee. Oh, is he? Guarantee that he's gonna okay. be in there for sure. I could have sworn I saw that he because I think he got a, yeah, he got a first round stoppage yeah. in his last fight. So it's a, it's six points. Yeah, it's a three. It's a three way. It's a three way tie tie for. for okay. Yeah. Okay. He'll be in it. He'll be in it. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, they'll just they'll just gig the system too. Even if he loses, he'll get in. Um, so yeah, that's on Friday. The prelims are on ESPN Plus, uh, starting at five thirty Eastern. Main card, I guess, will be nine o'clock Eastern, maybe ten. Because the last one was that show didn't start till ten twenty on ESPN. So um, that uh, you know maybe ten. Um, you know, there's what is it eleven fights? Nah, there's no way they're not going to start before nine by yeah. by nine. So we'll say nine o'clock. But uh, it's PFL. Who knows? And there's also going to be a Bellator show on Friday on uh, Showtime. Uh, so this is 6 o'clock for the prelim. So probably 6 o'clock Eastern, probably 9 o'clock as well. So this will be they'll be running head-to-head. Uh, he- headlined by a middleweight title fight, Jigard Musasi and Johnny Eblen. I remember when this fight was made, we both kind of rolled our eyes. Eblen's undefeated, but he's never fought anybody. Um, John Salter, I guess, is a you know decent fighter. Um, won a unanimous decision over him in March, but he's nowhere in Jagard Musasi's league. This should go about as well as the Austin Vanderford fight did. Um, but uh, we got Leonardo Higo, best known for losing to uh, Aaron Pico early in his career fighting. And Enrique Barzola and Magomed Magomedov is a fun bantamweight fight. I think that's yeah that's in the tournament and brennan ward uh who's always fun the irish hand grenade against cassius kane um that should be that should be a lot of fun um and even the prelims cats and is fighting on this card and she's in the prelims so um it's bellator uh do brent primus uh is on here aaron jeffrey our uh fight game uh fave is fighting on this card as well uh, Cody Law and James Gonzalez sounds fun. Alejandro Lara and Ilara Joanne uh, fighting at women's flyweight. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. You looking anything else you wanted to add on this one? No, no. Looks yeah, standard Bellator card. Yeah, I, I can't believe Katz and Gano's on the prelims, but um, I guess they want Brandon Ward. He's he's really over in Connecticut, so they probably want him on the main card. Yeah, and then we got the two tournament matches and the title fight. So. That makes sense, and I guess is probably the reason why. But it's kind of a waste. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's it for um, for the uh, the under you know the non UFC stuff. And uh, now we get we get into last week's show, and this is the show you were at in Austin. Main event: Josh Emmett and Calvin Qatar. I uh, I had actually caught up by the time the main event started, and I I tried to watch this live, but I had some prior commitment that I had to get to, so I watched the first two rounds, and I watched the rest of it when I got home. But um, it was a it was a really good fight. Um, I noticed that um, you know there was some controversy over this. It was a split decision. I mean, I don't think anybody's saying you know Emmett 
you know, won a robbery or anything like that. I think most people had it 48, 47, one way or the other. And uh, as you mentioned, it kind of came down to how you scored the second round. I think even the first, um, I saw a lot of people score it for Qatar, even though I, I scored it for Emmett. I know you did. And, you know, I just said, like, I think Qatar might have landed more, but Emmett was definitely landing the harder strikes. In the second round, I didn't notice the harder strikes, although that's something that you pointed out um, in, uh, you know, on uh, made it on the ESPN tweets. And, uh, you know, and so I my guess is that a lot of the people that were there were scoring it for Emmett, but the people that were watching at home were scoring it for Qatar. So if you score the second for Qatar, then you probably had the fight 48-47. But even like the third, you know, the second round, I think the the third the fourth maybe even was close too like i thought the third was clearly emmett's and the fifth was clearly Qatar's, and then everything else was kind of up in the air um if if you you know I, but i mean i saw people scored the last three rounds for Qatar and, and gave it i scored at 48 47 but i gave emmett the first i gave Qatar the second i gave emmett the third i gave Qatar the fourth and the fifth is how i scored it yeah, I have not gone back and watched this on TV. So, so you know, if I watch it back on TV, I might have a different score. Your viewpoint live is a little different. I had it one, two, three for Emmett and four and five for Qatar. And when I said, when we were talking about landing the more impactful blows, I was sitting next to Matt Wells from MMA, MMA Junkie. He also had it 48, 47 for Emmett. One of the things you don't, that you see inside when you're that close to the octagon that doesn't come off on TV is when these guys start getting sweaty, when punches are landing, just the amount of sweat that comes off of, off of a person when they get hit really hard, (laughs) you could see cater. He would, you know, he would land the jabs, land land a lot of jabs, you know, doing good. But every time Emmett, you know, this was mainly in the second and and third rounds where we were talking about the impactful, impactful blows because the first kind of got off a little slow. But uh, every time you saw Emmett land off a cater, just the amount of sweat every time that would just fly off a cater was very noticeable. And that's when we, we talk about, you know, more impactful blows. That's where, that's where what we saw at Kate side, Kate side. So that kind of influenced us as far as like, like on a close round to us seeing that it's like, it's like, that's not coming across on TV, TV, but uh, in the, in the building, it's coming across and it's like, man, Emmett's landing these hard shots and caters doing good, good volume with the jab. But in a close round, like to us, he's impactful blows make the difference and that's what that's where i saw the fight for emmett but uh yeah it was close fight could have gone either way i mean you know neither guy should hold their head head down and just it's just i'll have to watch it back on tv just to kind of see how it comes off there nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away Like, maybe you like the Bears, but you're hibernating in Panthers territory. But with NFL Sunday Ticket, your out-of-market team is never more than a short distance away. Specifically, the distance from you to your remote control. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a 
I think um, what what was coming across on TV was, you know, the jabs that were landing of guitar and they were doing damage. So you would see, you know, you saw cuts on Emmett's face and, and he was bleeding a lot. So I think that leaves an impact as well. So, you know, you see the fight, the round ends and one guy's bleeding and the other guy looks, you know, relatively fresh. You know, by the fifth round, he had, you know, some some bruises, but um, and I think he was even cut. But I mean, Emmett, you know, and some guys just bleed more than others and you can't necessarily hold that against them um but it was clear like i mean there was a few times where qatar like you know was rocked and you know i don't think he ever went down i know emmett tried to take him down a couple times um but i don't think he ever really got him down for any good length of time but it was um i mean it was a great fight and uh you know not not a fight of the year or anything like that but i mean you know one of the better main events you're going to see and uh you know in a high level i mean this was i I feel like we could watch, you know, three fights and it's probably going to be like eight rounds to seven. Like, I mean, these guys are just going to go back and forth and it's your classic Qatar at the end of the fight. Like, I don't like when they read the decision, like, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't happy that he lost, but it didn't look like he was robbed. And I think he knew it was a good fight and that Emmett, you know, they both deserve to win. Like if either guy had won, I don't think the other guy was going to be terribly upset about it. But Emmett made the most of it. He cut a promo afterwards saying he wants the winner between Volkanovski and Holloway. And really, you know, you beat a guy like Calvin Qatar, And we talked about Emmett last week. Like the run he's on is pretty incredible. And I even identified him as, uh, you know, a live dog, um, you know, that he he always seems to win as an underdog and, and this was his fifth straight win. And, uh, you know, and I think he was, he was an underdog in four of those five wins. So, I mean, that tells you something right there. Like, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, Qatar, I mean, he went toe to toe with, uh, you know, with, with Giga and beat him. He went five rounds with Max Holloway, got his ass kicked, but he lasted. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a top five guy, you know, and, and it just beat him. So, uh, I think he deserves that title shot. Uh, yeah. And you're calling for it in your column too. Yeah. I think he deserves it. The big, the big looming question is if, especially if Volkanovsky wins, does he go to 155 to try to challenge Charles Oliveira, which is kind of, that from kind of hearsay that's kind of picking up momentum as far as okay. as a huge possibility possibility Josh Emmett needs to do do some more talking over the next couple of weeks to <laughs> and especially Volkanovski wins to get to get that fight to get that fight because I'm I will say I'm about 70% sure that if Volkanovski wins, he's going to 155 to challenge Oliveira, and then we'll see after that. With If Holloway wins, um, I would say it's it's a possibility. He does the same thing too, too, but maybe not as likely. Maybe Emmett would get that fight, or they go a fourth <laughs> a fourth you know fight. Oh, you God. Know, yeah, which – which yeah it's they shouldn't but what it is what it is but uh yeah Emmett. maybe i mean maybe you go emmett maybe you go emmett holloway either way yeah like, no matter what happens just yeah. put those two against each other you know either it's kind of maybe even an interim title depending on <laughs> you know what happens with volkanovsky or or at the very least it's like a number one contender you know yeah I number think one contender very, for emmett i don't I think, think we that, want like if holloway loses a third time yeah, it's over. Yeah, for him. I think at the very least, Josh Emmett's next fight should have a title involved in it, whether it's undisputed title 
earning her own title. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, so that capped off, um, you know, a, a really incredible card. Like we had this, we had this, um, you know, split decision main event, high quality, you know, title implications, everything. And then the rest of the card was, um, we had, th- it was 13 fights. We had nine finishes and the decisions, I think we had four decisions and three of them were split. And I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen that. Like you have every, you know, so we had only had one fight that was unanimous decision. You had nine finishes and three split decisions. Like that's incredible. And and the split decisions were like, I don't think any of them were like split decisions where you're like rolling your eyes. Like, okay, that wasn't really a split decision. You know, like one, one person clearly won. Like they were all fights that could have gone either way. Um, you know, I, I hate people that say, oh yeah, that should be scored a split decision. Cause obviously that's stupid. But I mean, you know, you, you do your score, but sometimes you're thinking, okay, this round was close, so it could go either way. Um, and, and I thought that was the case here. I, I think all three of those fights that went split, I mean, and then the United decision was clearly, uh, you know, uh, Natalie Silva and Jasmine, like she just totally dominated uh, <coughs> my Canadian girl. Um, but yeah, uh, Demir and Goram, I mean, that could have gone either way. I think, uh, I think I even scored that one for Goram. Um, and, uh, yeah. And yeah. So I guess we might as well just do our three stars. I mean, we could do nine stars. Um, and in fact, uh, they gave away nine performance bonuses, which, uh, has, uh, you know, that's happened. When did that happen? One other time, the London show, right. Where they gave everybody that got a finish a bonus. Yeah. And then just last week in Singapore as well. Oh, did they? Okay. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, there was technically, seven. Technically, they didn't give Yuri a finish bonus, finish performance bonus, but he got fight of the night. So, yeah, he got one. But, but yeah, everything. They actually gave away 10 or 11 because they gave the nine finishes, and then they also gave Katar and Emmett uh, fight of the night, which I'm not even sure that was the fight of the night, but you can give them 50 grand anyways because that freaking Adrian Yannis, Tony Kelly fight. <laughs> that you that might have been. We can't give. Night. Well, Tony Kelly missed weight, so. Oh he, right, right, right. Yeah, he could yeah, have gotten a bonus yeah. anyway. But the main, the main that event fight was, was fun. The main event I thought was the fight of the night. So. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I just, I, I just thought that Yannis Kelly was amazing. And, but and um, you don't need so, to be giving Tony Kelly a bonus. <laughs> so true true absolutely yeah no especially uh i think carrie hatley tried to kill him but and uh, maybe it was justified um because yeah kelly took him maybe like 10 too many punches but couldn't happen to a nicer guy um so so who are your three stars okay I'm, adrian yannis gotta be one right yeah i'm going <laughs> with adrian yannis that's 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 yeah one. that's what i'm trying to pick some pick a couple that you know maybe that you you know because because we're trying to i, I mean I'm, i can go with anybody yeah so. I can go with any, but adrian yannis i mean i feel like he got the biggest reaction out of everybody on the show on the show i mean houston guy houston guy he's been begging to fight begging to fight in texas it's his first fight you know, since and for and this is the case for a couple of guy, couple of guys. This was their first fight since they joined the UFC, where they, where they fought in front in front of fans. You know, guys like Adrian Yanez and Joaquin Buckley, and I think Gregory Rodriguez, a few other guys. They they've been fighting in the Apex and in Abu Dhabi when with nobody there, nobody there. So so yeah, I mean, 
And Tony Kelly, we talked about him a few weeks ago, those Brazilian comments, and then he comes and misses weight, and he spends all week flipping off the fans. Like, like he flipped them off at the ceremonial weigh-ins. He was flipping them off walking out, but when he was being introduced, he was even flipping them off as he was being led to the back, led to the back after being knocked out. It's just, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I think it's – they just need to get rid of him. I mean, you know, he's you know, he's trying to become – he's trying to become a villain, and you know he's just not good enough to be. To, to, he's not worth the headache. Yeah. He's not worth the headache. 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 Maybe if you, you know, the missing weight. The and the and his. You can kind of see like his attitude. Like like you know we're there at the official official way and just the look on his face and and he was kind of ignoring instruction instructions from the UFC people and he was acting all all pissed off and all that and just you know just maybe just you know not let's not deal with this guy anymore for for a while there's we got 200 bantam bantam weights waiting in the wings waiting in the wings for this spot so uh but yeah adrian yan has looked absolutely fantastic that kid that kid is just he's he's a knockout artist he can finish just about anybody at bantam weight i'm ready to see him fight a fight a ranked guy because he's 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 got title contender potential written all over him. Uh, my second star, I want to go with uh, Phil Halls. That Phil Halls fight against Darren Wynn, that was a fun, fun fight. It was just, mm-hmm. I mean, Phil Halls just absolutely destroyed Darren Wynn, but, and he looked absolutely great in doing so. And it just, just right hands and elbows and kicks and just, just, battering him throughout and you know i you know i was super impressed by phil wind just wouldn't go down yeah and wind was (laughs) super tough super tough dude i mean but but yeah Yeah. but uh just phil halls he just looked really impressive and uh my third my third star i'm gonna go with jeremiah wells uh court mcgee we've only seen him finished once and this was a brutal knockout and in jeremiah wells yeah and i'm gonna pick this because that knockout and that that back bump that McGee took and those two follow-up punches happened literally like right in front of me and just the sound of that punch that hit and then the sound of McGee falling to the back and then the sound of those two follow-up punches that didn't need to happen but I mean just the sounds of that it's just kind of it's one of those things that kind of sticks with you when you're you're in the building you know the Something about being in that building, you know, even I was, I told you, I told you on Saturday, even though, even when we kind of get like, like, you know, through these boring stages of these like 12 straight weeks with these shows and it just feels like show after show, but you go to a couple of them and kind of reinvigorates like, like lights of fire is like, all right, I'm here, I'm here. And you just kind of enjoy it a little bit more than you do coming off TV. And then being in that crowd, that crowd was, was loud and hot and everything. It just kind of made for a fun night. Um, the, um, I, I, I wonder like when you're, um, when, when that happens right in front of you and you, you, you mentioned the, you know, the extra two shots, like, do you get a appreciation for how hard it is for the ref to react to stop the fight when the, you know, cause you know, the guy like until it stopped, you can't, you can't stop. Right. So he's, he's got to keep hitting them. And, yeah. and like, so it's, it's happened so fast, right? Like when it's right in front of you like that. You must uh, you must appreciate more the job of the referee. 
Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> and like I said, you know, you see all these vid- videos of the commentators, you know, DC, Rogan, Rogan, listening to reactions <laughs> yeah. to the knockouts. When it happens in front of you like that, you kind of just do the same thing. You're like, holy shit, like, yeah. what the hell? What the yeah. hell? Like, those are hit. So, like, I kind of did. Well, did you were, those, like, I don't even know if you realize this. You were like, you were in like the John Morgan seat. Yeah. You yeah, were like the, front row. I saw yeah. you a bunch of times. Yeah. I saw, like, yeah, yeah I, I, joking, did, I didn't. I, I was joking around with my buddy chris who works for you uscpr he was because there was only there was only about i want to say about 18 to 20 media members there and a lot of them spend most of the time backstage these days because because uh, they do the post fight yeah. scrums and the only really i guess regulars that were there were me and then matt wells from mma junkie and uh oscar willis from the mac life he's a, he's at every show yeah he was telling me about his travel schedule the next couple of months and it's insane insane and then was the, matt it was matt the guy to your to your right uh, he was to my left. Kind of the uh, yeah, black to your left. Okay, yeah. There, there was a guy but to your right that you know, kind of kind of dressed it, really well. And it'd be, no, those guys were from the Daily Wire. Matt stayed. Okay. Matt stayed backstage most of the time because he because he was the only guy from MMA Junkie there. So he was shooting all the post fight scrums, scrums and uh, gotcha. the Schmo and Helen Yee were there too. So those were about the only like regulars. But uh, I was joking with my buddy Chris from EOCPR. He's like, "You got the prime seat." I go, "Like I'm just holding. I'm just." keeping john morgan's seat warm for him but you know i always get good seats seats there you know okay i'm i'm on good terms so you i i just want to make sure okay so you picked yanez you picked wells and who's your third uh phil halls phil halls right right okay so i'm gonna pick uh gregory rodriguez uh gregory rodriguez knocked out julian marquez you know favorite of ours um now the 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 punishment that Marquez took as well, like he was just getting blitzed. And there was one shot and it, it didn't even end it, but Rodriguez hit him and Marquez did the thing. You remember the old boxing video game where like you would hit the guy and then his head would like spin around and his whole body would spin around? But, like well, that my, happened to truly Marquez. Mike Tyson's punch Mike out. Mike Tyson's punch out, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That happened in this fight. And then he just got up and then yeah. he just kept taking more punches. And then finally, like I think Herb Dean was like right there and he's like, okay, if this happens one more time, we're going to stop it. And then it happened one more time and he stopped. I think it was Herb Dean. I'm looking... Oh, it's Mike Beltran. Okay, uh, but yeah, it was it was that. You know, he just uh, he 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 just had seen enough. But Marquez took a ton of punishment as well, like almost as bad as um, as uh, Duran Win. But Duran Win did it for like longer because this was only three minutes. Um, my second star is going to be uh, Joaquin Buckley, um, who uh, he stopped Albert Duraev. I, I, I have they fixed this yet? Because they announced it as ten seconds into the third round, even though it was stopped in the sec after the end of yeah, the they, second. Yeah, they, they fixed it. Um, okay, okay. So it was officially a second round stoppage. But I think okay. if you bet and you bet on a second round, you, you actually would have lost. Uh, but to, yeah, Buckley, um, he he got a doctor stoppage because Derive's eye was just swelled up beyond belief. He fought like most of the second round like that, and Buckley just Buckley looked real real good in this fight. Um, you know, get, getting the stoppage. And then my third star, you know, guy we talked about a lot because he's probably fought more than anybody since we started doing this show uh kevin holland um you know second fight at welterweight uh went in there and uh submitted tim means which is i think it was only holland's second career win by submission 
he just looked great. Like welterweight is the perfect weight for him. He, uh, you know, his striking looked crisp. He, he's strong at that weight. Like he, he's got the wrestling. He's got the, um, cause I know takedown defense was a problem for him in middleweight, but at, at welterweight, like he's, he's going to be one of the bigger guys there. And Tim means is, you know, he's kind of like a gatekeeper. And like, if you beat him, you can probably get ranked. And if you can't beat him, then you're not going to be ranked. Um, you know, you know, you look down his record and guys like they tend to, as soon as they beat him, they kind of move up like, um, Neil Magny or Bilal Muhammad or Nico Price, Daniel Rodriguez, like, you know, and Kevin Holland might be the next one. So I think he was calling for a rank guy. I think, did he call it Sean Brady? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bit Sean, optimistic. Yeah. Well, well, the thing about that call out is Sean Brady is trying to get a fight with Bilal Muhammad, but uh, yeah, he mentioned that if he can't get Bilal, that he he mentioned Kevin Holland by name specifically as a guy who interests him. Interests him, and yeah, and you know Holland. I mean, the the quickest way to move up the rankings is to fight the highest guy rank, highest guy available that you can. And if you're going to fight the number seven guy and beat, and you can beat him, you're going to you're going to climb to climb to number seven. Oh yeah, yeah. So so if I'm, oh, I'm Kevin, not I'm not saying yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm not it, saying it's it a oh, bad no. call out. I'm oh, just I know saying, it's, like, the, it's that, a tough fight. That's a tough fight, but I mean that's the kind of challenge. I mean. Kevin Holland, you know, if you're him, like you go after you go after that because if you're going to be a welterweight title contender, you're going to have to beat guys like Sean, Br- Sean Brady. So you might as well go for it. If I'm if I'm here yeah. to be honest, yeah. And you, I mean, you suggested Daniel Rodriguez, which you know that I mean that's a tough guy too. He's sixteen and two, coming off three straight wins. Uh, just beat Kevin Lee, so you know either one of those fights would be good and and yeah. would be good for Kevin Holland. I was, so I was tempted. Um, I was tempted to want to to want to write Michelle Pajera right there, but I mm. think that's a fight we could hold off on a little bit. I think a fight between Kevin that Holland could, and Michelle Pajera that would be just absolutely nuts. <laughs> So. That would that could main event a fight night. I yeah. mean, that would be a lot of fun. Like the trash talking, like leading up to it, and the guys would probably like hug each other afterwards. And you know, but, hey, yeah, you're my yeah, best friend. But and, you know, I know Dana was talking about you know they go to Texas a lot, but shit, if you wanted to book Holland and Pereira in a main event in Fort Worth and Kevin Holland's hometown, that would be perfect. Oh, oh yeah. Um, so take us through the rest of this card, which again, you know, there is three other finishes that we could have gone with for our three stars and we don't want to shortchange any of them. So tell us what happened. Yeah. Uh, the show started off with a middleweight fight. Roman deletes a knocked out, uh, Kyle Dawkins in a minute, 13 seconds, uh, knocked him down twice during, during the fight. But, uh, the finishing sequence, he land, they were clinched up and deletes a landed a just brutal knee flush to the head of Dawkins and Dawkins went down and was out and, it was all over. Very impressive performance from Delize. Uh Then you had, I talked about the middleweight fight, Phil Hall's uh, second round TKO over Darren, Darren Wynn. This was, uh, I thought, a really good fight. If you miss this, if you miss the show, go back and watch the show. But this is, yeah. I thought, was one of the standout fights on the, on the show. Then you had a bantamweight fight. Cody Stamen knocked out Eddie Wineland in 59 seconds. Yeah, I mean, uh, Wineland, oh. Wineland took off his gloves, and he didn't leave him in the octagon, but he announced his retirement. On social media afterwards, he probably took a beating he shouldn't have because Stamen just this was a mismatch. Yeah, Stamen lit him up, lit him up, and I can, yeah, it's just it was kind of yeah. Stamen knocked him out, and Wineland was out on his feet, on his feet. Yeah, it was just it was 
quick in the mismatch, as you said. Then we had a strawweight fight, split decision. Maria Oliveira, split decision over Gloria DePaula. I actually scored this fight for DePaula, but I thought round three was close and could have gone either either way, and I think that ended up basically being the deciding round. I don't have MMA decisions listed up here. Well, they don't really give you round scores anyways, right? Yeah, they do. They have the judges' scores there. Okay. I don't know. Oh, right. right. It's it's not loaded. Whatever. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I thought, you know, close fight. Uh, Maria Oliveira looked good, so so there's that. Uh, then you had a featherweight fight. This was a crazy finish. Ricardo Ramos knocked out Danny Chavez in a minute and 12 seconds with a spinning back elbow. Just a crazy – they were just – it was just a crazy sequence. Uh, they were near the fence. Ramos threw just a spinning elbow, and it cracked Chavez, and Chavez went down. To me, it didn't look like he was out from that, but there was two follow-up right hands. He was definitely out cold after the after those, and it was a – it was a brutal finish right there. That one, you know. Third, third round was definitely this side, or I looked it up in that yeah. Oliveira fight. The, the yeah. first yeah. two were split on all three judges cards yeah yeah i just i just loaded up for me finally for some reason it took forever but anyway yeah the, ricardo ramos looked good uh, then you had the welterweight fight jeremiah wells knocking out court mcgee in a minute 34 then you had women's flyweight fight and talia silva in her ufc debut looked absolutely fantastic like she was ready to potentially yeah. be in that flyweight title picture as soon as possible unanimous decision over jasmine uh, Jess Juvacius, uh, yeah, 30 26, 30 26, 30 27. Just, just Sudavacius, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then that was the, that was the end of the prelims. Then you had the main card, Adrian Yanez finishing Tony Kelly in three minutes 49 seconds. Uh, yeah, go, go, uh, go watch this fight, you know, in particular, just. Just kind of oh, just the crowd you know, reaction. Crowd was just great, insane. great. Tony Kelly was flipping them off. Adrian Yanez finished him, and well, Tony Kelly was also flipping off Adrian Yanez, and then Adrian Yanez knocked him out and started flipping him off. And then now Tony yeah. Kelly is still talking on Instagram today, like he he would be Adrian. He told Adrian Yanez on Instagram he'd beat him nine times out of ten. So <laughs> just oh, just just keeps going on. Oh, then you had uh, Gregory Rodriguez knocking out Julian Marquez in three minutes, 18 seconds. Then you had a very high-level lightweight fight. Damir Ismagulov won his 19th straight over Guram Kutaladze, split decision. Uh, one judge had it 29-28 for Kutaladze. The other two judges had it 29-28 and 30-27 for Ismagulov. I don't know how there was a 30-27 for Ismagulov. I thought Kutaladze clearly won the first. But uh, this was super high level both guys look like they could be title contenders at lightweight lightweight so uh yeah the majority of the media scores had it for kudaladze kudaladze and yeah and i did as well i did as well i thought i thought the first was a clear kudaladze i thought the second was clear for ismagulov and i thought third was kind of could have gone either way and either way so so yeah, that was. I that thought was, when when they when I heard the thirty twenty seven, I I was sure that G- Gumar had won because like I you know I I thought the only clear round was the first one. Yeah, so. and I guess it wasn't that clear to that one judge. Yeah, yeah, but a very high level fight right there. If you missed that one, that was yeah. a good, that's a good one to go back and watch. Uh, then you had uh, Joaquin Buckley. Uh, 
TKO doctor stoppage at the end of the second round over Albert Durayev. Uh, Albert Durayev is a lot like Andre Fialo from last week's show. Uh, Durayev was talking during the week about how he was always already looking forward to fighting in July. Felt like he was just completely overlooking Buckley, like looking to what's next. And yeah, you got those guys that, you know, you want to stay active, but you need to focus on what's ahead of you, what's in front of you that week instead of being like, be like, all right, I'm going to get through this fight quick and then go to the, go to the next one in a month. You know, you can't do that. And then, you know, because then look what happens. It's two straight weeks of that happening. Then you have the welterweight fight. Kevin Holland submitted Tim Means in the second round. Then your main event, Josh Emmett over Calvin Cater, split decision. We talked about it. Uh, the the fight that – one of the fights that – and probably the fight that most people were looking forward to, Cerrone yeah, and Lozon. Yeah, I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yeah, Cerrone and Lozon, they weighed in, and then Joe Lozon just – you know just uh, he was putting on his socks after the weigh-in, and his knee popped, and we kind of heard – something that you know he'd been dealing with knee injury during training camp for for this whole time you know even before the first fight fell apart well his knee popped and they couldn't they tried to give him a cortisone shot and all that it just wasn't feeling good on feeling good on fight day so they scratched it and uh the funny thing is Lozon said that his knee actually popped back into place kind of around the time the fights were starting a little bit after the fights were starting and you know had they not called it off he might have been able to go go but uh you, you know you can't say for 100 percent for sure but but yeah they're uh they're looking at booking Cerrone in July they said in a couple they said in a couple weeks but I'm kind of getting the impression that that it's going to be later in July I would I'm. This is just a guess. I'm gonna guess you're looking at something for the Dallas card because that one could, that one could really use a stronger fifth fifth uh, fight on the main card. And Cerrone kind of fits the bill. And he was talking about wanting to do it at a at a catch weight, you know, because he doesn't want to cut to one one fifty five, uh, you know, for a third straight month third straight month month yeah. i think he realizes that you know you know we talked about his schedule of constantly fighting constantly fighting and these guys who have that schedule constantly fighting one of the big things that we don't talk about too in that is you're cutting weight all this time all, yeah. all these several months once in a row and it takes a lot out of you and he said he said that t- that's doing it two months in a row to 155 that's taking a lot out of him i think he'd like to fight a 155 guy at about 165 you know we talked about some names backstage but you know anybody kind of kind of there so so i would you know they're gonna I, I think that international fight week is probably too soon that's two weeks away two weeks away give them some time to you know calm down and you know yeah. it's either long island or dallas i think dallas will, is fits the bill perfectly if they're going to get him a fight in yeah that's only that's only six weeks away now so. yeah so yeah. Um, all right. Well, we'll look forward to hearing hearing about that. Um, so the show did um, sold out thirteen thousand six hundred eighty nine. Did a one point nine three million dollar gate, uh, which is the biggest ever for uh, fight night in the United States, right? Yeah. 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 And something. What was it? Their nineteenth straight sellout or seventeenth straight? Whatever it is, they've sold out yeah. every every show. That they, they sold every ticket, yeah, since the pandemic, like since they brought fans back, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's how they're calling it. Yeah, 
See, and I could have sworn there was a there was a card a couple shows ago where there was some unsold tickets, but maybe I I was wrong or maybe it was reported wrong. But because you mentioned something, uh, the tweet that you shared with me from Kevin Ioli uh, said something about um, for any sh- any arena that was opened up to full capacity. So maybe there was a few where they didn't they didn't actually sell all the tickets because they they weren't for sale. Maybe yeah, no, those the wording. Yeah, there, those but. those Abu Dhabi shows that they had. They had right. the McGregor one yeah. where they had the limited, the limited, you know, seating. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even count those. I would count anything that started from the Jacksonville show in April yeah. on. So yeah, and so basically, yeah, every I mean, every domestic ticket has been sold. Um, you know, for any of the Vegas or these fight nights. So there's been like what Col- well Columbus, London, and now this one, and then all the pay per views. Yeah, um, have uh, sold out every ticket and at high prices. I mean, that's uh, just do some quick math. I mean, that's an average ticket price of almost 150 bucks. Yeah, and um, it's you know for, and for a fight one, night, and this one's going to be broken in a few weeks with that Long Island card. So what I've already right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think that one's oh yeah, for I sure. think that one's over two million already on the gate, and that's at um, the new building, right? Yeah, yeah the uh, the new Islanders building that AEW's run a yeah. couple times. Yeah, so uh, yeah, we'll look we'll look forward to that, and hopefully again, you know, like broken record. I mean, you know, I, I mean, we can go open scoring, and we can go, uh, you know, get out of the apex. I mean, that main event, you know, with open scoring, you know, maybe Calvin Qatar knows he's behind and is going to try for a finish, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I I don't know uh, this. Um, this was, I mean, this, and and again, the card, like, it just proves that they they can't go back to the apex, and and I mean, this will bleed right into our preview. They showed this card on the on the broadcast, and I know because like I don't always watch live, and I almost never watch live, and so you know, this was like when I caught up, and oh my god, like they put this on the card. I was I was tired just reading the names, like this card is not good. I mean, you know, in terms of like, I mean, there's probably gonna be some great fights and there's some decent names and stuff, but I mean, this is a no name card if I've ever seen one, um, you know, and, and even the main event, I mean, is very high level, but I mean, is it better than the fight we just saw like Demir and, uh, Gumar? Like, I mean, it's a very similar fight except this time it's the main event and, uh, you know, uh, Armin Sarukian and Mateus Gamrot, um, you know, I mean, both guys with incredible records, incredible winning streaks, lightweight is so freaking stacked right now. Like, you know, that guys like this and Demir and, uh, Guram are like under the radar and not even, even sniffing at title contention. Like, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the amount of talent they have at lightweight right now. Yeah. It's it's an incredible division. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was doing some research on this card and, uh, like looking at these guys. So do you, this probably wouldn't surprise you. Neither one of Armand Sorakian and Mateus Gamrot has ever been an underdog in their fight. <laughs> um, you know, in, I mean, obviously in early career fights, like a lot of the fights don't have odds, but in anyone that had odds, like they, neither one of them's ever been, uh, been a, um, uh, underdog. Sarukin. Armand's won. Sarukin wasn't an underdog against uh, Islam. 
his UFC debut? Uh, oh, he was. You're right. Okay, yeah, my bad. One, my yeah. bad. Yeah, you're right. I was about right. to say, so he that's the his, only one. He fought Islam yeah. in his debut. Yeah. I figured he would. You're right. Yeah, he was a plus 265 underdog. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. Okay, so yeah. every other one. Yeah, I think Islam was coming off a loss, though, coming into that one. So Yeah, so he was a 265. I mean, it's not a huge underdog. but um, And then, yeah, Gamrot. I mean, and I talk about the, you know, the Guram and Demir and, and Mateus Gamrot lost to Guram um, in. Uh, in 2020 like not even a year or well two years just under two years ago but uh yeah they've got uh he's got three straight wins armand's got five straight wins uh it's big big time fight you know main event i you know again it's not a fight that casual fans are going to care about but for hardcore fans uh you know this is a big one the winner's going to move up the losers you know not going to move up uh, and this main card again is on espn um but yeah it tell us about this uh this fight between you know these two guys who no one's ever going to be able to pronounce their names armin armand <laughs> sarukian against today's gamero yeah that, yeah that's how you say it say it but we're talking about guys who have let's see uh sarukian's 18 and 2 gamero's 20 and 1 with one no contest like these are these are big records like like just incredible and armand's only 25 yeah and, and <laughs> Gamero is thirty one, but he's you know he's he's incredible. He's a black belt, yeah, black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. He's been, uh, I mean, if you watch KSW, you've know, you know who this guy is. Yeah. This guy is. He's, he's been just, fighting at a top level for like ten years. Yeah, he's incredible. Like, I was he was one of these guys when the UFC finally signed him. I was like, all right, he's going to be a title contender. Had to slip up against uh, Guram Kutelaze, split decision. That was a fight that could have gone either either way. It was the fight of the night there on that on that Abu Dhabi show. But he's come out and he's had three straight finishes over Scott Scott Holtzman, Jeremy Stevens, Diego Fajaya. It's just he's looked great, great. Sarukian, he lost his debut. He lost his debut to Islam. That's a, I mean that's not not a horrible loss, horrible loss at all. And it's a fight he took on short notice, and that was fight of fight of the night. But then. He's won over Olivier Albin Mercier, Davi Ramos, Matt Favola. He's finished Christian Christos Diagos and Joel Alvarez in his last two fights. Fights. Uh, I mean, he's just. This is this is a big time main event, and if you watch it, I think you're going to be be very entertained because these guys are really really good. I think this is basically just a 25 minute version of the fight we saw this week. And that, that's not a complaint. Like it's, you know, I wish we could have saw Demir and Garam for 25 minutes. Yeah. Um, you I mean, know, this could it's, be it's every basically bit the of, same fight. This could be every bit as good as uh cater and Emmett was honestly, that's how high level. Oh yeah. Is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, or it could be, you know, either one of them could get a finish and, yeah. you know, in like two minutes, like, um, you know, they both have finishing power. They both have wrestling. They, you know, like they both have everything. And, uh, you know, the winner are, uh, what are, what are these guys ranked? I'm looking they're, at this, uh, they're 11, like nine and 10, uh, 11 and 12. Okay. So yeah, the winner is going to move into the top See, 10. And, uh, and, uh, I wanted to throw in, I like when they do something like this and put a fight like this as a headliner headliner. I know when it was originally announced, it wasn't supposed to be the main event. They were still trying to find a main event for the show. But obviously when you're running shows 12 straight weeks and like 19 out of 20 weeks, it's very hard to, to, you know, to, you know, have a, 
have you know top 10 guys main event every week especially when you still want to keep you know pay-per-views strong and shows that are on the road strong strong you know but uh when they made this the main event there were some people talking about you know is this the you know as far as name value worst main event in ufc history maybe by name value yes but as far as like skill Mm -hmm. level just got I, yeah, yeah, I and Calvillo, yeah, <laughs> you got that. Yeah, you had that. You had Aspen Lad against Norman Dumont. I mean, I mean, oh, yeah, you yeah. Had, yeah, you had Aspen Lad against Jermaine Durandamy, Durandamy. Yeah, you, you've yeah. had so you've had some worse. But like, these are the types of guys. Like, when you need like main eventers and you want to highlight some guys who are just really fucking good and who are ranked, yeah. you know, 11, 12, Like, this is a great showcase for these guys put them in the main event and i'm glad they put this as the main event yeah yeah and i mean and again it's going to give it more focus um you know if it if it wasn't if it wasn't the main event i mean it'd be a 15 minute match and it'd be somewhere in the middle of the card and you know it'd be like oh that was a great fight but you know you're you're gonna forget about it in two weeks and here if it's a main event 25 minutes we might get something super memorable and if and, you look at the rest of this card, there is nothing else yeah. in this card that's even close to main event. I also remember, like, like real, real quick, I remember somebody who was do, he was doing this. Uh, he was talking about, you know, well, what about viewership? And I was trying to tell him, well, it, you know, uh, who's headlining the card really doesn't matter when it comes to viewership. It, it's all about time slot and lead in. And he goes like, no, main event is better. And I asked him, you know, time slot, lead in, competition. And he goes like, no, it matters too. And then I asked him, like, okay, which, without without you knowing, which which do you think got more more viewers? A a you know show headline by Curtis Blades against Chris Dawkins or a show headline by Rob Fon and Cheeto Vera? And he's just like, oh, the Dawkins and Blades one should have got more. And I was like, no, the Font and Vera actually did double what blades and Dawkins had did because of time slot competition and lead in. It just proves that the main event, the main event on these shows sometimes don't even, doesn't even matter when it comes to viewership viewership. So if this has good viewership and it's also on at your normal UFC time of, you know, 10 on the East coast, nine in central time zone, seven Pacific, seven Pacific, the time that you people are used to watching UFC, like, like this one should, you know, get, decent viewership honestly so i just want yeah to and, and there i i think th- i think there might be a hockey game but it, it'll be over probably by by about the middle of the main card so yeah, yeah. you know they'll get some spill over there um if you it, know and and again if the, if, if the hockey even goes yeah i mean it might be over in four i didn't even look what happened tonight yeah uh but uh the um yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at it. No, no. Um, yeah, but I mean, you look at the rest of this card, and like, there's nothing else on this card that could headline it. Um, yeah. Ta- know, Tampa uh, won tonight. Tampa won tonight. So. Oh, good. Good. I got money on them. So. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, nothing. There, there, there will be no NHL on Saturday. Actually, it's on scheduled for Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday. If it goes to. Oh really? Okay. That's surprising because usually they try to get a Saturday game in uh, Canada. But um, I guess we get no hockey night in Canada this week. Um, yeah, and then yeah, the the uh, you know the rest of the card again. You know we got some names: Neil Magny, uh, cousin Umar, Chris Curtis, and Rodolfo Vieira. Which honestly to me is like the second most interesting fight on the card. And yeah, some some names on the prelims. But um, I uh, yeah, why don't you uh, give us your three fights you're looking forward to on this, uh, this card? Yeah. 
No, uh, number one would be the co-main event, Neil Magny against Shavkat Rachmanov. Rachmanov is one of those dangerous welterweight rising contenders, 15-0, 3-0 in the UFC. Uh, he's looked great in all three of his UFC fights. He was calling he was calling out Neil Magny, and Neil Magny, you know, he's one of those guys who, who when, when you talk about guys who will fight anyone at any time, Neil Magny fights, you know, fits that bill, and he's taking a dangerous opponent in Rachmanov, but Magny, who's going for his 20th uh, UFC win, which would be, which would put him at most all time at welterweight in the UFC. So he's going for the going for the record. So yeah, this this fight is it, it's another high level fight. Rockmana is really good, and you, you know Neil Magny's good. So we'll do that one. Uh, second, fifteen and zero, and every fight has been he, every win has been by stoppage. Yeah, he's Rockmana is incredible. Uh, <laughs> then we have. And then the next one I'm going to focus on is more so not necessarily the matchup, but one of the fighters, and it's a bantamweight fight, Nate Manis against Cousin Umar Nurmagomedov. Cousin Umar, I mean, he's he's every bit like Habib and Islam and all that, and he's just he's really fun to watch. Fun to watch. He might be crazier. He might be better on the feet than those two, as crazy as that sounds, but a very good low kicks and very strong wrestling and he's a guy to watch out for and then the third fight i mean you've mentioned it but middleweight fight chris curtis against rodolfo Vieira. uh chris curtis he's you know he's kind of got one of the he's on a storybook run he started his ufc career off with two straight knockout wins you know under crazy circumstances and then you have rodolfo Vieira, the the uh incredible submission specialist who got submitted submitted once in the ufc by anthony fluffy hernandez as you like to say say but yeah. uh but uh yeah but uh you know it should be you know a striker against a against a ground guy and Vieira he gets tired and we've seen him struggle against against guys who bring pressure so I, that's to me that's an interesting fight as well Curtis is actually the favorite in that fight, which uh, surprised me. That's just, um, that doesn't surprise me, I, actually. So I suppose it, it, the fact that he's never been submitted might have something to do with it. Yeah, that's, yeah. Um, uh, you know, in, in 36 career fights. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, the one thing I'll add on the Cousin Umar fight, um, he's fighting Nate Manis. I don't even know if you mentioned the opponent. And is, Nate's 14-1. and one. Yeah, he's So, 14-0 against 14-1, and one, that's, that's kind of under the radar, like incredible you know like 28 and 1 between the two fighters like that's i, I, I feel bad overlooking nate manis because of his record and his you know his streak but it's like yeah it's like this fight is just it feels like you know cousin umar is the, is the showcase yeah he's coming in on two straight knockouts too so um or two straight finishes anyways um so and i'll do my three uh i i actually did my research this week so my my three roi picks and the first one's going to be chris curtis um he's got a 61.6 percent roi and he's the minus 155 favorite and he's actually never lost when he's been a favorite he's got a three and zero record as a betting favorite so he's he's my number one pick number two is josh parisian uh he's got a 56.7 percent roi the fight that he's got with alan Bodeau is uh basically even money but Bodeau's coming off uh you know it's basically three straight losses i mean the rodrigo's nascimento fight was later ruled no contest but he was knocked out in that fight and then he lost the unanimous decision to parker porter so to me um you know you're getting real good value there with josh parisian at basically even money and neil magny um you know what like he he's 
you know, he's got like we mentioned, Shavkat is 15 and 0 with 15 finishes, but Neil Magny, I don't think he's fought anyone at the level of Neil Magny yet. Neil Magny has got a 47.4% ROI. He's a plus 300 underdog. So, you know, you're you're getting you bet 100, you're winning you're getting 400 back if if Magny wins. And he's got an 8 and 5 record as an underdog. So he does well. Um, you know, he's not as good as a favorite. You know, he loses some fights that he's predicted to win. But I don't know if, you know, some guys are just motivated when they're, um, you know, when they're overlooked. And Magny feels like that kind of guy. So, uh, you know, I, I'd throw a few bucks on Magny. I think there's value there. Like if it was even money, I'd bet for Shavkat. But with that plus 300, I, I like Magny. So, um, and uh, what uh, tell us about the rest of this card, which okay. doesn't rock my world. <laughs> All right, for those in the, for those I don't know about Nepal, you can get the Canadian viewership up here in a bit. But uh, for those in the states, uh, everything's on ESPN Plus. Prelims are on ESPN Two, and main card is on ESPN. For those like me who like to watch on cable and add to the Nielsen ratings, uh, but uh, but. Uh, Kicks off at uh, 7 Eastern time prelims uh, with a women's strawweight fight, Vanessa Demopoulos against Jin Yu Frey. Should be a solid fight. Both the, both those women coming off wins and they're trying to get inside the strawweight rankings. You know, that's a solid matchup. You have a bantamweight fight, Brian Kelleher, a longtime veteran who, who's who got, you know, a little bit of a name, you know, some nor- notoriety and is a fun fighter. He's fighting Mario Bautista. You have a flyweight fight, JP Bays against Cody Durden. You got a, a bantamweight fight, another high-level bantamweight fight. Raulun Paiva coming off that loss to Sean O'Malley, fighting Sergey Morozov. Uh, then you have featherweight fight, Shailen Nurdenbecki against TJ Brown. And then it closes out with a light heavyweight fight, Carlos Ulberg against Tafan Nechukwi, you know, a guy that Paul Paul really kind of likes. <laughs> uh, so, uh, I do. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he, he, a big, big old muscular light heavyweight. But, uh, but yeah, that that might be an interesting fight. Then a uh, main card at 10 Eastern time, uh, middleweight fight, Chris Curtis against Rodolfo Vieira kicks it off. Then you have the bantamweight fight, Nate Maness against Umar Nurmagomedov. That should be good. Then you have a lightweight fight between two veterans, Tiago Moises against Christos Tiagos. Both of those looking to get back in the win column. Then you have something we haven't had in a little bit, I think, you know, your, your standard heavyweight main card fight in the, in the apex, Josh Parisian against <laughs> Alan Badeau. Uh, I really feel like both these guys are fighting for their UFC futures. So, you know, they could end up having a crazy brawl. And then your top two fights, welterweight Neil Magny against Shavkat Rachmanov in the co-main and then the main event, Armin Sarukian against Matus Gamro. Who are you kidding? Alain Badeau is, even if he loses, they're going to put him on that Paris card. Um, so uh, I was looking at Carlos Alberg. He's fought five times in his career. Um, this will be his third UFC fight. And he's actually fought Kennedy and Jakuwu as well, which, you know, I mean, to him, I mean, him and Tafan and Jakuwu are like the same guy. And it's kind of funny that they're he's fought them both. So 
or he will have fought them both after this. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's the card. I mean, there's, you know, there's some decent, decent names there, but, uh, you know, nothing that if you miss it, you're going to be like, oh my God, yeah, I can't believe did, I missed this show. It did lose a couple fights, uh, a couple of flyweight fights. Uh, Tim Elliott and Amir Albazi was supposed to fight, but Elliott got hurt. And then Chagir Ulenbekov and Tyson Nam were supposed to fight, but Ulenbekov got hurt. So yeah, it kind of got hurt a little bit by some injuries over the last yeah. week and a half. So. But still solid. I've seen, I've seen worse. Yeah, there's some. I mean, there's some decent names. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for for guys like us that watch every every show, like you know, we know you know at least one of the guys in in every fight, and most most of the you know, two even in most of them. So, um, yeah, so that'll is... be yeah. You said ESPN. I looked it up. I can't I can't find it on TSN yet. There, I don't think they've even decided. But usually, it's the uh, the early prelims are on Fight Pass, and then they just throw everything on one of the TSN channels, and usually we don't even have to change a channel like they'll do the prelims and the main card on the same channel so that's good um and yeah so that that is the ufc on uh on saturday uh, june 25th and that is the last show before international fight week um and uh and then we got the news and there's not a ton of news this week um we mentioned the um the retirement of um of Zabit and obviously Eddie Wineland as well. You, you brought up. Um, and, uh, I guess the, um, the big one would be the UFC bantamweight, uh, title match. That is it official or it's just been reported. Okay. Um, yeah. Rumored, the, like I wanted to kind of go over the whole bantamweight because there's a whole lot of bantamweight. Okay. Yeah. Bantamweight go ahead. Division go ahead. announcements announcements. It looks like they've kind of got their top 10 sorted out for the next one. But, uh, the big one is, uh, it's been reported, reported. I heard it a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, but Aljamain Sterling and TJ Dillashaw, uh, for September 10th at UFC 279 Sterling's playing, playing the deal that it's not official, but it is, everybody was talking about it, you know, over, over the weekend. And it's going to be, it's going to be the fight happening, happening. It's just, you know, Sterling, Whatever. And where's that one? That is that the one that they're talking Boston? Boston or Atlanta are is the front runners. Okay. Uh, the guys Boston who, makes sense because yeah. it's close. It's close for Sterling, like you know, Northeast. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be one of the fans up there. One of the, yeah, one of those two. One of those two. But yeah, but yeah. I don't know if that's the main event of that show. Matt might be. They didn't say anything official. Of course, it hasn't been officially announced by the UFC. So, so, but it's right. been reported by every major media outlet. So, that one's that one's you know the the big one at bantamweight, and then the rest of the bantamweight kind of pitchers kind of looking out they officially announced on the show on saturday uh august 13th in san diego the dominant cruz uh cheeto vera fight and then two other bantamweight fights that were announced over the over the week uh jose aldo against marab devalish philly for usc 278 on august 20th 20th in salt lake city and then you have Corey sanhagen against song Yudong headlining a ufc card on september 17th so so lots of lots of movement in the bantamweight division this week and guys getting booked wow uh, yeah song Yudong headlining that's uh bit of a step up yeah but um, it's, a, but it's a great guess matchup. he's a guy they've it's a great match it is it is yeah yeah i guess uh so we're we're gonna have to wait for that uh jose aldo dominic cruz match uh which yeah. i think some people were hoping would be happening soon but uh maybe if they both win or even if they both lose well we can, if, we can if aldo win if aldo beats marab you have to give him a title he's got to fight for the title yeah he's got to fight yeah. for the title uh, for a title now if uh if he loses and Cruz loses to Vera, which are both 
both are good possibilities. Yeah. Maybe you go, maybe that's the time you go with it, go with it. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at it now, you got the, a champion, match. the champion booked and now you have numbers two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten. 10, all booked now. <laughs> so the only guy in the yeah the only yeah. guy in the t- the only two guys in the top ten not booked are Rob Font who just fought not too long ago and Piotr Jan who they were trying to get to fight Vera Vera but that didn't happen and uh, Cejudo is talking you know Cejudo's in the in the mix and he oh yeah he could just he could throw everything for yeah for so, a wrench yeah. You got you got Pedro Munoz and Sean O'Malley fighting here in a couple of weeks, so lots of stuff going on at Bantamweight. You know, Ricky Simone and Jack Shore fighting; the, they're in the top fifteen. Adrian Yanez is going to be number fifteen when the new rankings come out. So, yeah, lots of lots of high quality Bantamweights. The only guy there, yeah, Cody Stamen as well. Like the only just, outlier just win over Eddie Wineland. The only outlier right now is number eleven, Frankie Edgar. We don't know what he's what yeah. his future is. He might be retired. But yeah, but he's not committed to fighting. So, but other than that, bantamweight is just ridiculous. Yeah, you know what? That kind of sticks out like a sore thumb that he's number eleven with, yeah, with all the talent they have and the guys that aren't even ranked. Like, yeah. Um, all right, and then so on top of the um, those fights that you mentioned, I don't think there's. Is there any other late news that isn't in your column? Uh, you go over. Not that I know. Not that I know of. No. Okay, so I'm looking at the uh, the fights that have been signed. Uh, not too much. There not was, too many big fights. Yeah, there was a there was a change. Uh, uh, the Paris show September third. Mana Fiora was she was supposed to be fighting Caitlin Chukagian, but Chukagian pulled out and Jessica Andrade is stepping in, and which is funny because Andrade was talking about you know going back to strawweight, and I think she just fought at strawweight, but she's going back up to flyweight, flyweight for this fight. So just that's kind of just that that's one kind of helping UFC out. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it's just helping UFC out because that kind of that kind of feels like it's coming out of you know nowhere. Nowhere, yeah, because yeah. Andrade just beat Amanda Lemos in her return to strawweight, and then she's going back up to flyweight to to fight Man and Fioro, who's looked great. I go like, yeah, it has to be a big favor going on because I don't see what she gains gains by doing this. But uh, yeah, um, we also got uh, looking at the list here. Um, I guess Nathaniel Wood and Charles Rosa is kind of an interesting fight on uh, July twenty third. Yeah, London card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, that's the London card. That makes sense. That would be. Yeah. I mean, you figure Charles Rosa is going to either have to be on Boston or, or you know, in, in the London card for Nathaniel Wood. Yeah. Tyson Pedro uh, at UFC 278 in August against Harry Hunsucker. Love those names. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and Andre Feely against Lando Venata for uh, September 17th. Groovy. And then uh, da- Damon yeah. Jackson against Pat Sabatini also for se- September seventeenth. That's a sneaky good fight. It's a sneaky, yeah. Uh, what's that? They're featherweights, right? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. All right. And uh, Randy Costa and Guido Canetti on October first. A lot of these uh, don't even have locations yet, but um, all right. And uh, you also mentioned in your column that Pollyanna Botello and Askar Mazarov both uh, recently lost on uh, last weekend's card. Or yeah, last two June weekends four, ago, June um, they're both been cut by UFC. Yeah, they both been cut by UFC. Um, and then if uh, you know you, you can't get enough with UFC, PFL, and Bellator, we've got an Aries FC card from Paris on Fight Pass on Saturday afternoon. Cage Warriors from Ireland 
those Ireland shows are always fun. So that's uh, that's on Saturday wait, at wait, uh, two thirty Eastern, wait, and then we. Call- don't call what? Belfast Ireland. It's Northern Ireland. They're two different. Sorry, the, sorry Northern Ireland. I was yeah, about to say, don't know. The, those two oh. people from Ireland will get pissed if you call Northern Ireland Ireland and vice versa. Like, see, I thought Belfast was was actually in the you know the actual Republic of Ireland, but I guess I was wrong. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, Fury FC from uh, New Orleans on uh, June twenty sixth. That's usually Texas, but I guess they're in Louisiana for this one on uh, Sunday afternoon 5 30 eastern um so that uh that's gonna just about do it here um unless you got anything late you're gonna add uh ryan uh he obviously is a uh, coverage you can find it of the from the live coverage of ufc austin he'll be writing up that up for the observer that'll drop this coming weekend and then of course you'll be doing your regular ufc coverage uh, on the wrestling observer website and on twitter you can follow both of us and interact with us all through the show uh try to try to watch live there's not much else going on on saturday so i should be able to i enjoy like when i actually do get to watch it live i enjoy interacting with people so hopefully i i can i can get my shit together and i enjoy interacting with people especially the morons who you know who's who (laughs) send send you hate stuff because the guy they that guy they betted on you're you're scoring against them against them and you know it's just like no no way you know it's like or well, yeah, because you were like the only the only um, person that had it twenty eighteen. Like they showed a bunch of scores, and you were the only one that had it twenty eighteen Emmett. Yeah. But you were also the only one that was at cage side. So, yeah. um, you know, of the ones they showed on the screen. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I figured, I kind of figured that's what it was. Like, I wasn't questioning your score at all. I just think like, it's not what I had, but uh, it was close enough that you know nothing would have surprised me. Uh, but yeah, so we've got uh, you, you'll have that, and then I've got um, the Dynamite Show this week. We're gonna have a special guest, Keila Cash, um, because Jeff Hawkins, my normal co-host, is having a medical procedure done, and he's not sure how he's gonna feel afterwards. So he may or may not be on the show. But uh, our thoughts and prayers are going out to Jeff that he gets through that okay. And uh, but either way, Keela will be joining us or me. And uh, I've got uh, I, actually something that just went up on the Fight Game YouTube channel is an uh, interview I did with Pat LaProd of uh, you know uh, longtime uh, wrestling historian. We talked baseball, we talked hockey, we talked a little bit of wrestling. Um, so that's up for free on the Fight Game YouTube channel. I'm going to be interviewing Lisa Gifford um, tomorrow on, uh, for that show as well for the Grandpa Des show. So you can check that out. That's free on the Fight Game YouTube channel. So uh, so that's. That's going to just about do it. So for uh, Ryan, I'm Paul. And Ryan, why don't you take us home like you always do? All right. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Have a great week and enjoy the fights this weekend. Later.